Hello, everybody. It's your girl once again coming to you. Joy has questions with this beautiful fall day in Chicago, Illinois. Um, for everyone drinking them raggedy ass pumpkin spice lattes, I feel sorry for you because I have elevated to honey lattes and cinnamon cinnamon apple spices. So. I'm up here living my best life. I have two of my favorite people in the entire world on the show today. Um, not only are they just dope human beings, always stay moisturized, are not problematic, always keep themselves together. But then on top of it, they are aficionados in the making when it comes to their careers. Like, that is what I love to be around. Excellent. So, I have, who do I have? Say it, say it. Hello, say it. everybody. My name is Sean Gadley. I'm a freelance creative director, impresario, all that stuff. Yeah. And I am Keenan Kyles, a traveling international opera singer, creator, innovator, motivator, liver, liver. All the haters. <laughs> 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 like, like, we have all these words. You gotta run through those, Keenan. <laughs> no, um, but outside of just having amazing spirits, they are the true definition of Black Boy Joy. And I am just super honored and happy to have you all on the show. Thank you for Thank having, you for having us. Yes. So, as you all know, my You Better Know, I was trying to figure out what I was going to make it today. Um, the Chicago Architecture Center has this amazing thing every year called Open House. And one of the things that they do every year is um, basically they open up all these historic buildings to the public and for one day whether they are typically closed or being renovated and you can go run through and get all of your life wow. so one of the buildings today that unfortunately I was not able to go see um, just because it was so up there you had to be a Chicago architecture member was the post office so it made me start to do first off if if the biggest building in the city, I think outside of Merchandise Mart, is the original post yeah, office. Yeah, yeah. It is like four blocks long. It yeah. looks like the original Noah's Golly. Ark. It's fucking huge. Yeah. Um, Merchandise Mart, I think, caps out at like one million square feet. So does the McCormick Place. But these are like the three biggest buildings in the city. Um, Knowledge. But what it made me do was, I was like, well, there had to be black people doing popping things, you know, with postage. And it made me find the following. Stagecoach Mary, a.k.a. Mary Phil, she was born around 1832, died in 1914, also was known as Black Mary. She was the first woman stagecoach postal carrier in the United States. So when it comes to how people a long time ago used to get their mail, mm. it was pretty much like the Pony Express. You basically had a horse and buggy team and you went from town to town delivering mail. Now, these weren't easy jobs at all. Basically, you had to sit there and be um, very much so able to endure hard manual labor. You also had to endure the fact that there wasn't like set towns. So towns could pop up and then like through desolation or shootouts, whatever, be gone. So you had to keep all that in mind. It was a very dangerous job. So what I loved about her is she wasn't technically an employee of the United States Post Office because they didn't hire or employ mail carriers for the star routes. But what she did was she got the bid or the contract mm -hmm. at 60. 
And the reason why she got it is because she could hitch her team the fastest. Come on, yeah. black stage coach Mary. You better show yeah. up these goddamn kids. Okay? Um, the original Proud Mary. No shade to Tina Turner. You definitely are. You better know as well. But what I loved about her, she was born as a slave in Tennessee. Um, she was born in Hickman, Tennessee. She also served as a cook, a domestic uh, worker. This was a woman who definitely um, came from nothing and rose to live her life in the way that she wanted. She basically was free when slavery was outlawed in 1965. And then she went to work for the judge, the home of Judge Edmund Doon. And when his wife died, she then took over and started basically as like a mammy to help the family. Mm. Outside of that, in 1895 was when she was hired as a mail carrier. And then she was the second, I should say, woman, but the first African-American woman to work for the United States Postal Service. Um, she was respected um, in her town. And basically, every year, the town would close down the schools to celebrate her birthday. And so when Montana passed a law forbidding women to enter saloon, she basically was like, fuck that. And she would go up and up. I was like, <laughs> Yeah. If I want some bourbon, I'm going to get the bourbon. Yeah. Like, what are you really going to do? Um, she's buried outside of, um, basically, she died in 1914 at Columbus Hospital in Great Falls, but she's buried outside of Cascade. And what I just really loved, there wasn't a ton on her life or, you know, outside of what she was doing, but it's those little accomplishments. Yeah. Don't talk about, like, oh, our people aren't hardworking or we aren't diligent. We are very diligent. We're very hardworking. And when given the opportunity, we will surpass. So, yeah. I mean, I feel like that's what that pressure does. Like, it, it, force, it forces you to have to rise up above what's mediocre to be great. You have no choice. Exactly. And, I mean, even, not even trying to be funny, but it's it's psychological evidence. Like, I just was talking about how my nerd ass has been watching Empire Games. But when it comes down to, like, why the city-states of Greece was able to defeat Medo-Persia, who had tens of thousands more soldiers, everything was stacked against them. It's the thing that the Medo-Persian army was full of people who were conscripted or slaves. Mm. The Greeks were fighting for their freedom. So it, it literally was like, if we don't win this... It's curtains for us, and I'm not sitting here losing my lakeside villa to be sitting here making bread for these clowns. So it just it comes down to it. When you have your back is against the wall and you have no choice but to be successful, ah, oh, we taking out everybody. So it's the push. So definitely salute to Mama Mary, a.k.a. Stagecoach Mary. And if you see her pictures, all her pictures is her with, like, a shotgun. I'm, the funny thing was, when I first saw her, I got her confused. I was like, is this Harry Tubman's cousin? Who is this? It's like she had like the do rag and everything. Wow. I was like, work. Do rag and the gun. <laughs> okay. I'm so like, it, it, <laughs> I'm sorry. Bad memories, I know. Lord. <laughs> if I ever see her at a Live Nation production, I'm gonna be like, you compare yourself <laughs> to Harriet Tubman. Are you insane? Like, all oh, I can't. Moving right along into <laughs> So, according to IG, Uh-oh. I <laughs> mental health is real. I am a very big proponent of talking about it. Mm-hmm. I say all the time, you know, sometimes a feeling can't do it. You just need to sit and talk to somebody <laughs> about what is going on in your Low life. It's, it's deeper than a facial, girl. <laughs> 
I am, I'm not even going to mention his name. I am done with this black rapper from the city of Chicago who dropped out of college. I'm done. I'm done. Because, yes, I understand mental health, but there is also such a thing of being an attention whore coupled with your mental yeah. health. So the part of me that is saying go back to Calabasas is not to the mental health issues that he's having, and I do understand there is not a lot of research that is specifically done into narcissistic personality disorder, mm-hmm. right? So it's different than the person who, and not saying that they're socially acceptable, but people, you know, are more tolerable. They'll tolerate depression, you know, or someone's constantly saying like, I'm suicidal. Cause it's like, no, you shouldn't feel that way. But when the, the side effects of whatever it is you're going through mentally are annoying to just what, you know, like normal people, like case in point, bipolar disorder can be very annoying to people. So you don't sit there necessarily and look, they're really going through it. Mm-hmm. You're just looking at the result and it's like, we well, get your shit together. Because for True. us, we can't process how that reaction comes out. Yeah. Same thing with narcissistic personality. It's just yeah. like, it's a problem. But then also at the same time, how it manifests itself is not something that, air quotes, normal people can process. So you just automatically want to just curse them out and push them as far away as you can. I saw Uncle Tom's Cabin. I saw uh, uh, Django Unchained. Yeah, we saw Uncle Ruckus like popping up. Like, I le- yeah. I was like, oh, he's like, giving all the yeah, yeah. the reference. Mm-hmm. I saw the crows from Dumbo. Yeah. I just I saw everything. <laughs> <laughs> I literally was just like, what? Stephen yeah. Fetcher universe hell am I in? Yeah. What What do you all have to say? Um, I don't know. It's it's a very um hard topic to talk about, but we're gonna talk about it today. <laughs> Uh, this this artist is someone that I followed like since he dropped out of college like forever. So it's really hard to separate his narcissistic personality and I don't know his very I would say detrimental spirit to the black community and separate that from the music he's produced because I still feel like he is a musical genius all of that together. But it's bigger than the music for the culture. Sometimes it's one of those times where there's a lot going on negatively that's impacting us and he's not speaking on behalf of any of that nor being apparent to. To how that's very, like how that's hurtful, like how that's hurtful, and how it's adding to a lot of systematic things that a lot of people in position like Donald Trump do not adhere to and speak to or acknowledge or anything. Um, so yeah, it's hard. It's very hard for me to see it happening in real life. Yeah, as a performer myself, I always find it very difficult to digest um, other performers who do not use their platform correctly. I find it hard for people to make millions and millions of dollars off of Mm. the culture and then bash the culture at the same time but also don't offer valuable and valuable leads to how you can fix it you know this individual talked to um what's the guy's name um donald trump about um <laughs> about how he can fix what what he needs to do to fix chicago um however uh, chance the rapper set an initiative where he was calling on people to donate to arts programs for schools mm-hmm. and yet he sat under Kim Kardashian's fake boobs and butt and didn't do anything. I mean, he talked to Mark Zuckerberg about getting like a million dollars, so his chain of focus was definitely not on CPS or Chicago whatsoever. I just, but I feel like if Chicago really, if 
this individual really wants to help like Chicago. I think that that was his prime, the perfect time to step out and be like, oh, okay, I'm a multimillionaire and I'm making millions and millions of dollars by selling hoes and clothes. <laughs> so therefore, let me take some of this money and give to the CPS. Let me give to uh, arts education. You're a, you're a music mongo. Like this is your this is your time to really step in and be the idol that you that people look at you as so it was really sad for me to see that and some of the things like some of the people like I saw this one lady she a lady that was not a person of color she stepped up and she was speaking about like it was so good for Kanye West to be there because he represents the people of Chicago do you though Mm. I (laughs) do you really I remember um there was a time and it was a very good example for me to see would I be grounded in my beliefs despite like what everyone else around me was doing. So I was a guest commentator once for WBON and this is right after Kanye West had dropped new slaves and I was finding him problematic even then because I was one of the people that was just like, I don't give a fuck about this video. And everybody was looking at me like I was crazy. Like it's, it's otherworldly. Like he shot it on Louis Vuitton stores and oh, it's just epic. And I was sitting there like, I had so many friends that stayed out in the cold that still have not cut the wristbands from their wrists for when they waited for them first ugly ass pair wow. of Yeezys that came Hideous. out before he even dropped them. But before, remember he had the like the partnership. Who was that with? Nike or Jordan? Yeah. Right when he had the original partnership. <laughs> so I was like, what are you talking about? If if we're new slaves, then you the house Negro. Like, yeah. what the fuck is going on? And I will never forget. I don't. I didn't even realize he was listening. But Shay Reinfest called in to argue with me about how <laughs> Kanye West was just doing all this shit for the city and this movement. And I was just like, hmm, how you feeling now? Because Kim Kardashian just, you know, shaded the fuck out of you a couple of months ago. You've been quiet as the grave. Yeah. Um, but even then... I was looking and was just like, this is an issue because he has no one around him to also check him. I think what more so is even more um, scary for me was to see the amount of black influencers, community actors that like as soon as he said he was coming back to Chicago, like. This wasn't Jesus getting resurrected, you know, and like, oh, I saw him at the marketplace. He is back. <laughs> like, this wasn't that type yeah, of situation. No. But that was the hope for a lot of people, though. Like, him coming home was a hope that his mental state would somehow be regulated because he was going to be surrounded by people that knew him from way back when. Here's the thing when it came down to that, I was like, what what artist is coming back? Because if it's the, it ain't the one that left. So I'm mm-hmm. like, even when he said we're leaving again, I'm like, that's cute. Let's get you to the detox. And then maybe, you yeah, know, come yeah, this yeah, next yeah. house music picnic, we'll be ready to be like, okay, yeah, yeah he's back. <laughs> Not you just coming back. Who's coming back? Mm-hmm. Like, Uncle Ruckus Jr.? Like, that's who yeah. came back. And literally a week later, he embarrassed every right. And I was sitting, my petty ass was like, whoo. It is quiet in Chicago today. Y'all got, y'all got him all these. Y'all brought that nigga Z Gallery furniture placemats. Everybody had pictures. Like of <laughs> every, okay. Everybody had the, was ready to be like, see, y'all still cool with him. And he definitely got y'all looking crazy as hell yeah. as he's standing on SNL stage ranting a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. 
Nina Simone said it best. And I hate it when people make that saying, I didn't ask to be famous, but you didn't say you didn't want it anyway. Hmm. The der- a derivative of being rich or famous is people are going to look at you. Whether or not you say it's just natural. Yeah. We are visual beings. He hasn't been poor in a very long time. He is worth $250 million. And that is some bullshit thing I just picked up off the internet. Who knows what his true net worth is? It is hmm. eons more than what mine is. But his platform, people can say all the time, like, oh, we should just ignore him. But there is a subsect of, of people who are not ignoring him. Mm-hmm. And that's the dangerous part. And that's, for me, the part that I just can't forgive or the part, even if he apologizes, there still will have to be accountability for the fact that you did something that someone still looked at and took that and ran with it out of, you know, not calling them sheep, but just out of like looking at you as someone that I should follow him or I should listen to him. I completely agree with you, Kenan. So it's like your platform, this is what you do with it. This is how you use it. You sell a bunch of, you know, Foreman Mill knockoffs, all that shit that he be selling. Child, I can go when I tell you, off of Stony Island when I tell and you. get all of that shit okay. and look better than the bitches that I yeah. see in it. Like, I'm not paying $700 for these payless flip flops. Yeah. Are you out of your black ass mind? Yeah, I can't. That's the, I, I think it's, it's insane, but also at the same time, I'm not shocked. And I honestly think that we as African-American creatives, people of color, we really count on people like Kanye West to represent us well. And that's where our frustration and anger comes from is because we're counting on you to represent us, Mm -hmm. to make us feel like we one day will be able to be in your seat and follow the steps that you have paid for us. But now instead we go out into the world and now we have to clean up everything that you've messed up and it makes our job hard. It's not only that we have to be best dressed, that we have to be smart, that we have to be creative, that we have to be the best in the room. Now we have to clean up everything that the ignorance that you have left out in in the world for right. us to to prove that we are actually smart, we are actually we intelligent, on our plate. we actually stand up for something uh, more than just a red hat that's talking about make America great again. Which to the, to say that first off, that's always been an incorrect sentence. Depending on who you're talking to, it's always been great for cisgendered white men. Yeah, it depends on that who is you the are. only yeah. people that this country has been great for. Everyone yeah. else is just falling in the pecking order of the bullshit of trying to stretch and this and that that's just pretty much how that goes but i have a theory i know this sounds insane but this is truly how i feel barack obama ushered in a wave of african-americans being more socially conscious or being more open like before Mm -hmm. barack when did you ever hear beyonce or jay-z ever taking such a stand yeah, a in terms of their black. It's not shading them. It's just facts. Well, like, but No, like me and my best friend were just talking about this a couple of days ago, like growing up, becoming an adult in the Barack Obama era, there was always this blanket of, I don't know, I'm going to be honest, like it was a blanket of supremacy that I always knew, like no matter what was going on, whether it's microaggressions in the workplace, somebody talking trash about the N-word flying out nilly-willy, nilly it was always a point where you could say whatever you need to say, my president looks like me and I'm black, so I'm supported. Yeah. So once that blanket went away, it's like, I don't know. There was no support whatsoever, and now everybody's talking talking openly about it. Yeah. So that kind of I don't know went to the wayside very quickly. Where 
yes, artists like Beyonce and Jay Z didn't say anything before, but the same way they had that like I that confidence that came with Barack Obama just being there in power and his black family like being black as fuck and representing that in a positive way. That was everybody else too. That was me. I just, I mean, yeah, I agree with that. And I think that at one point, Kanye West could have been like that. He could have thought that way. But I also feel on the flip side, people realize that today you make money off of your shortcomings. So whenever somebody goes on stage and the world knows that they're about to do something that is out of the norm, they keep doing it because they know people are going to watch. They know people are going to be in into it yeah. because it's going to get them money. And it's just at the end of the day, you have to you have to think to yourself, is my platform more important to gain financially or gain, you know, somebody's heart and mindset and change and actually change the world versus just waiting for versus just trying to have like some type of financial up coming. I think the big, the reason I said that or brought up Barack Obama was for two, because you all actually kind of hit on with how you were talking, right? Where was Kanye and all of that? And here's the thing. And no one ever thinks about this. Barack made a statement. Now it was something that happened when he was getting mic'd up for an interview. And it wasn't that he was even trying to be um, quoted as saying this, but his camp never, <laughs> he basically was talking to the young lady and she's micing him up, the producer, he, mm-hmm. and they're talking about Kanye. I forgot what Kanye had actually did. And he goes, were your girls as hacked off as mine were that Kanye gave <laughs> Taylor Swift the Joe Wilson treatment? I thought that was really inappropriate. Yeah. You know, I mean, it's like she's getting an award. What are you, what are you buttoning? I, I, I hear you. I, I agree with you. I, I hope that, I. The young lady seems like a perfectly nice person. She's getting her award. What's he yeah, doing why would up he there? Do that? He's a jackass. <laughs> Ugh, what no, an this idiot! This is Taylor Swift. This is like the week after oh, he, yeah. okay. he yeah, interrupted yeah, her, yeah. and then yeah. And he and he was and his response was, "Ugh, what an idiot!" Mm-hmm. The camp never came out and said we apologize for what we did to the. Re-. They stood by the statement. All they said was, "The president." Uh, that was an off-quoted moment. So take I mean, it for what you want. It's pretty much like a again like a Nene Lee's close. I said what I said. Like Kanye approached him about it. And he's like, "Yeah, like maybe we talked about it." I'm not going back off what I said. Like, I meant it. (laughs) And that is, for someone who has narcissistic personality disorder, coupled with whatever his other, because, you know, issue, I have said, this is the root of why he is unraveling like this. Mm. Because also the thing is you fixate on things. Kanye West has always wanted to be the cool kid Mm. at the table. Mm -hmm. Not only was this the president of the United States, this was... (laughs) A man from Chicago, just like he is from Chicago. They have equal access to the highest echelons of culture, politics, you name it, money, mm-hmm. power, respect. And no matter what he did, all those pictures of T.I. and Jeezy are in the White House before Kanye. Like, let's real. all those pictures of the sports grades mm-hmm. and the P- I, there were videos of niggas swag surfing in the in the Oval <laughs> Office, like for real, like it was the blackest time to be alive, yeah. <laughs> like it really yeah. was. Yeah. Okay, he had Italian fiesta uh, yeah. at the inauguration. Yeah. He was down, and Kanye was nowhere. Mm-hmm. I think that was a huge blow to his ego oh, in the that. sense of how I'm a Chicagoan, he is Chicagoan, and he thinks I'm an idiot and I'm not respected. And the thing is. Politicians may not necessarily make as much money 
as entertainers, but their power is right up there, if not more. And so the thing is, he is now trying to align himself with this power that he thinks he wants. And since he couldn't get it the other way, he doesn't care how he goes about getting it now. That I, is a firm belief that I have. I mean, it is true, but I think like we're at a time right now where to his benefit and to like not our benefit as benefits whatsoever that politicians are now circumcising themselves with celebrities like our president. Mm -hmm. Like, so everything he has to say will be put more on a pedestal because that's the state of America right now. It's going to continue to be that way because of the influence of social media. Like social media is social currency. Social currency is the, it, it runs everything now. Yeah. So it is power. I just, um, I just feel so sad. I'm like, if you want to have your mom spinning rotisserie style, <sighs> That's between you and the God that you serve, but not rotisserie. I mean, the, I mean, yes. What rest she's, is she's, there for Donda? Like, it's not every, like every day for something else. Like, like seriously, she probably ain't closed her eyes in three years. Like, <laughs> and I'm not saying that to be funny, and I'm damn sure not saying that to be disrespectful. Yeah. It is truly a thing of like, as someone who has undergone grief, I, I almost want to just talk to him and be like, man, you must really miss your mom and just do not know how to process it still Yeah, because there's no way like someone asked me they were like would you ever have him on the show <sighs> what's not I'm not gonna have my family spinning rotisserie style <laughs> just so I can say that he came on yeah, my show cause yeah. my daddy would slap the shit out of me from heaven yeah. he was like you weren't raised that way you ain't talking to this coon ass clown this you know i'm not for the people ass negro this skin folk like my father would literally look at me and be like i raised you better than that like i he would literally come off the cloud like mufasa <laughs> like, <laughs> like you've forgotten that. who you are and so forgotten me <laughs> like look inside yourself you are more than what you have become will somebody yeah. please say that to kanye because yeah. i don't i don't know what needs to happen at this point we honestly talk about it so many times me and sean about how his what needs to change for him is his circle of influence. You he needs need a line it, segment at this point. Yeah. He don't need a circle. You need you need two people who care. One, two. Like, I think, I think, preferably like somebody's like Black Mama from yeah, Chicago. Like for Kanye's eroticism, he needs like a circle of like I say like four Black Mamas to hold mm -hmm. arms and just like not let him out. This like, is the one block. time where the Deaconess Board of the City, you <laughs> yeah. know they get on my fucking you know, nerve. You like, already know these clickish ass Black women get on yes, my nerve. This I'm, is the one time where I'm like, can you please do something? <laughs> where the hell are y'all? Y'all sit there going on these damn Barbara Bates fashion shows. Can you, can you please come here for this Negro? Yeah. Like, mm -hmm. Oh, getting that, that same Angela Bassett ass haircut from Wade yeah. Nick's hell, but y'all ain't got mm -hmm. no time for him. Okay. You oh have failed. Mm -hmm. But oh. no, I just I'm I'm moving on because it's like we could talk about this all day, but I, I am very firm in saying this. I'm not I'm done until I see some adequate changes. And if he wants to risk, you know, the ancestors withholding mild sauce from him for the rest of his life, then he can go for what he knows, but I, I, I have nothing else to say on this. Is there any thought, like, around, like, guests like Kim Kardashian, like, has been, like, in cahoots with Donald Trump for, like, the past probably year, only in reference to getting that lady, like, free, like, from her, from, from her, from her sentence? Is there any, like, logic behind Kanye's erraticism, like, being, like, a blockade so she can do that behind scenes? Or you feel like it's just all one and the same when it comes to, like, social currency? Um, I feel like it's all in the same. I look, well, the way I look at it as 
it's a cancellation. It's a cancellation of it, you know, like positive negative balances exactly to nothing, to nothing because yeah. she can say all she wants like i'm going to law school or you know i really want to work on prison reform <clears throat> but you have a husband that is completely doing the opposite this is a man that said george bush i don't get a lot of you can say george bush don't care about black people but trump does Mm. Trump don't care about no people, like unless yeah. they are rich and wealthy yeah. and Caucasian, like. Yeah. And even then, he really only fucks with his family, but he will tolerate other rich white families. It's just for the money, it's for the capital. Exactly. So I, I personally look at it as there's nothing that she huh. can do that will make me be like, huh? She's really, you know, I, I, I get it. No, yeah, because okay. even looking at her, like she problematic as fuck herself. Well, yeah, I think in a cultural context, Sis. yes. Yeah. Um, sus. I mean, sus. Sus and sis. <laughs> okay. like, I mean, we were talking about sis. Like, you were talking about sis last week. Like the, oh, that's like a whole nother conversation. Sis. What's it going is. on with Tyson? But why is he so oh, yeah, vengeful yeah. with Kim Kardashian? Because now, let me say huh. this: not to be disrespectful to the LGBTQ plus community, but when I do look at how he is lashing out, I'm like, sir, you're. If you want to prove that you're not giving queen tennis, I think the shade, you've got to stop with the shade. And this <laughs> yeah. is like, because I'm like, you're lashing out like Pray yeah. Tell from Pose. Like, you are going. And I'm like, I need yeah. you to hit, like, mm-hmm. you're not helping your case. Okay, That's church like, mama. Like, get out. Mm-hmm. I'm just like, you're, right. Right. I'm just I'm like, you're like, not helping your case to, to prove. To Tyson's point, though, like, I think that him being in the fashion industry, like, he's by contact, whether he's queer, straight, whatever he identifies as, he's coming to contact with a lot of these, like, queer tendencies, queer terminology, all of that. So when it comes time for combat back and forth, whether it be with a woman or a man, he's going to have something vocal to say that's always related in, like, physicality, which he has none as well. True. He's been known to be phys- physically outlandish as well as verbally. Let's just I don't know what to make of the situation other than the best faux relationship he ever should have been in was when he was with ISIS. Because when they did them pictures, I was like, that's that's your woman yes. right there. Like, Because y'all look perfect together. Yeah. I don't know how that messed up. I feel like something did happen. True. He's a model. <laughs> He definitely gives me the vibe of like, did you use my Lemur? Like, bitch, have you seen like, <laughs> like, oh, like, what is happening? All this drama. What is going on? Um, but moving right along, I Laquan McDonald gave me a little bit of hope, and then reality came back. It was like, oh, bitch, did you forget where you live? Um, Timothy Loman, and the story has changed since I first heard. Timothy Loman, who is responsible for shooting and killing 12-year-old Tamir Rice in Ohio in 2014, mm-hmm. had been hired by the Bel Air Police Department in Ohio. I looked up the police <laughs> chief, Richard Flanagan, a.k.a. Dick Flanagan, a.k.a. Just a Dick, mm. um, who sat there and hired him. Of course, when every when all the you know the after church community was like, "Oh, we have this for announcements," the nation was like, "Have y'all lost y'all mind?" Locking your kids up, and he he instantly um, resigned. Doesn't it feel like as soon as you're ready to stand on the rug, it is like no bitch, and it gets snatched again. Like I just, how can you logically? I can I can see it because nothing shocks me. How can you logically say? I'm going to let him be a police officer again. I mean, like, he even, like, his former boss, 
even like made a public announcement like when they announced that they had hired him saying like we believe that he has made his debt to society and he has done nothing wrong so it was very much so a vocal thing where it's like not only are we doing this to let you know we're going to talk about it and say like yeah he's here like we we chose to do this we know it's past what they do i to me it's business as usual like i don't know like you know james baldwin's quote to be black in america is to always be in a state of rage like that's waking up every day is always like what can surprise me now I don't exactly. Know. It's it's like the disrespect is always everything. You just get reminded one more step. Like, oh, y'all really just don't give a mm. fuck. Like, literally, no like, fucks to give whatsoever. And <laughs> then even before, like, mm. you have time to catch your breath. I just saw this last night. The little black boy was with his mom in New York, and his oh. backpack accidentally brushed bumped up. her, bumped her flat back, no butt. Yes, yes. Bumped I this saw white it. Woman. I saw it. And she literally called the police. And said, this young boy mm. tried to sexually assault me. And everyone, like, this other white woman, like, stood this. Also, this is what an ally looks like, mm. people. This mm. white woman was like, are you serious? Like, the thing that breaks my heart about that video is the fact as soon as she said she's going to call the police, the little boy lost his shit. Broke like, down. He literally started, like, crying for his mom. Because the thing is, black kids, this is a nine-year-old. Tamir Rice was 12. That's a child that was three years older than him that police got called and he got murdered. So it's just like the connection in terms of the stress and trauma that's put on us. It's just like. Oh, that's literally like minus. No, even with the added context of what America is right now, this is literally like Emmett Till all over again, like day by day. You never that's, exact, that's the exact same story. They're in, like, you're in a bodega. They're in a shop. Something happens. She makes up an elaborate story. Police come. And all of a sudden it gets like elaborated. And the weaponization so of white women's yeah, yeah, yeah. tears. It's the worst. Like to me, like it's the most problematic part about American culture is white women's like their, their presence, their presence altogether. And it probably a lot of them have that don't, they only think about it. Mm -hmm. It's always like I'm victimized. Think about me. I'm winning the impression limits at this point, so nobody else's oppression matters. I get 70 cent to your dollar, bitch. Women of color get like anywhere from 63 to 68, so you still making more than us. What yeah. are you talking about? Affirmative <laughs> action has helped your demographic the most. Have you looked at board of directors lately on any company? Like, y'all um, can keep them same stuff. You also notice this. <laughs> Have you ever noticed Stephia. that a lot of times when you go to the About Us page, it's all in Stephia tone? It's very rare that it's in color. Oh, I hate it. Oh, yeah. Because it's like, it, it's like we're automatically, you're like, bitch, I can't tell Maybe if you back. just had a, a, a tan from Bali or yeah. if you're actually black. Yeah. Like, who, what is this person? Like, yeah. it's just, I'm tired, but at the same time, Mars hasn't opened up their space program yet. So, <laughs> I yeah, mean, it just, it lets us know that we must continue to fight. Um, that our fight never ended. You know, when slavery was quote unquote abolished, we thought it was okay, we winning. But then it was then it was racism, then it was segregation. Oh, okay, we have a black president. Oh, we're winning. No, that to me revealed the more yeah. the most rape. A lot of people say we didn't realize how racist the country was until he became yeah. president. Yeah. You know, it's always, it's a constant f a fight for us. And I think that's actually what makes us excellent is that we can still rise above and be amazing, black, creative people. And though we are fighting, though we have oppression, we always constantly push through and rise above some things we don't get to do some things we don't, we don't always quite get to the end of the road. Um, like, for example, you said Laquan. I mean, I honestly feel like 
it was a, a wee bit of a slap on the wrist. Okay, second degree murder. I'm like, okay, I guess, but it should have definitely been first. You know, if it was anybody else, it would have been first. Oh, it I'm waiting. Been, and it wouldn't have even been a question about it. It would have definitely been first degree murder. So it's always like, I think that's the world's way of always reminding us that they have the better hand. Right. So this yeah, is our yeah, system. we hear you all, but <laughs> I want to let you know that we we do have the better hand still. And it's sad, but it's also the flip side of that is we become stronger as individuals, as black people, as people, as young creative black people going forward into our lives. We know how much more we need to offer, what we need to gauge our our create our creativity towards and for who. I think um, you definitely hit that on the head. I, not to quote Disney movies, but <laughs> I think everyone's patience, like people of color marginalized, the patience is just so thin. Like it is standing on glass that is cracking. It is like, it's about to, it's about to crash. But it makes me think of um, one of my favorite Disney movies is A Bug's Life. Oh. I know, right? Yeah. Horrible. It's so overlooked. I don't know. That it so is, I love it. it honestly, it's one of the best movies. Like there, it was at that weird time where like CGI was like first started. Right, like, the Toy Story. Yeah, this does look kind of bad. But I- the point is, <laughs> the, the grasshoppers was like <laughs> twenty of them, and it was like a whole colony of ants. But because of the mental abuse. The ants were doing all the work to make sure the grasshoppers, you know, mm-hmm. were fed and clothed and, you know, were good for the winter. And so mm. one time they're in the bar or whatever and Hopper, who's the head, I can't believe I'm telling the story, but Hopper, who's the <laughs> head grasshopper, um, the other like little minion grasshopper goes, oh, why do we even have to go back? And so Hopper throws a seed at him. He's like, does that hurt? And he's like, no. He's like, what about this? And he threw another one. He's like, No. Then he rips off the thing and all the seeds trample, like basically suffocate him. He was like, those ants are our way of life. They outnumber us 20 to 1. And if they ever realize that, so goes our way of living. Golly. Mm-hmm. So it's a very poignant scene because even later on when like the ants finally realize it, and they band together. It is a sea of them, and it's like five grasshoppers. And they're just like, we have had enough of your shit. Mm. And that's what I feel is definitely happening nowadays. Like, yes, there's the perseverance, but I feel like everybody has turned a lot more Nat Turner and a little less Martin Luther. Like, oh, yeah. It's like, Hell yeah. y'all got one Burn more it. time oh, to fuck goodness. some shit yeah. up. Burn yeah. it down. Let's go. Okay. Yeah. And, <laughs> you know what the, not funny, but the sad part was, I heard a lot of people, everyone was, so concerned about rioting and if he did not get convicted Mm -hmm. but the thing was what i heard was oh no bitch we're going to wicker park we're taking this to link ain't nobody Mm -hmm. fucking up 69th everhard no Mm -hmm. more like i've been saying like why like if if this is if the intent is already going to be rage why are we doing this in our home like go somewhere else and like execute that i need a honey bun after a night of pillaging (laughs) 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 i need some fucking can I get a six piece? I can't do that. Burn down the hair. Yes. What the fuck are we? Jerk Villa is barely holding on. Ain't nobody doing that. Like, don't nobody get that nasty ass locale. No way. Like, like, oh, I do not endorse writing or. <laughs> Let me. Do that. Joy has questions. It's not endorsed violence against white people and or burning down the Chicagoland area. 
it was a joke. <laughs> like, yeah. That's all I need. Somebody be like, so when you said this, exactly. like, oh no, bitch. For you quote, exactly. No, <laughs> you know, you black people are angry. <laughs> <laughs> Honor, she said rage and pillaging in the same sentence. I, can't check back. I was watching some IG. It was so amazing. Louis Farrakhan shut down every. It was an old Donahue clip, and so he was addressing the fact of how the concept of when white people tell us, well, "Why don't we just go back to Africa?" And Louis Farrakhan basically was like. What would happen if someone asked y'all that? He was like, "There, you all are native nowhere." Mm. He was like, "If you had to dig back deep enough, he was like, you're here because you came and took over the land of the native peoples who are already established here." So if the he was like, "I'm not saying this to be disrespectful," but he was like, "If that question was turned back on y'all, where would you go?" Mm. And I was like. <laughs> <Thank you. laughs> Read them, ancestor. Okay. Thank you, okay. elder. Period. And that's the thing, like. It's insane. It's it, you make the history and then don't even want to accept your own. Mm. Like, mm-hmm. where did we do this at? Like, yeah. you have been this. I mean, but that's what privilege allows you to do, though. It allows you to con- it allows you to recontextualize what is reality for you. I.e., our history is based here. Guess what we tell you it is. Exactly. And to me, at the end of the day, I'm just like reasons I eat kale and mind my business because mm. y'all ain't about to sit here and make me get this upset. Um, but I'm just gonna end it on a fun note. Because I've been listening to Honcho Dreams. <laughs> Lord Jesus. <laughs> um, I have been listening to Honcho Dreams. I have since stopped because then, like, the politically correctness in me feels really bad. I mean, you can split both sides. Like, Sophista Ratchet's a thing. No, no, it's not that. <laughs> it's because what annoys me is that I love black. Yes, we have been shitted on a lot by history, but that doesn't also give us the excuse to do it to another community. And <laughs> a lot of times people are really fucking disrespectful to the Asian community. Mm. And the whole end of Hancho Dreams is him saying, like, Ching Chong, get True. her a Chung Lee necklace and all this stuff. stuff. I mean, and I'm like, it, mm. it's not okay, y'all. <laughs> yeah. So on one end of it, I am cackling because i really thought future bought her that you know when she was on that percocet trip mm-hmm. opening up that baby chanel i'm like yeah. this oh. looks like some shit blue ivy guy why are you excited <laughs> this ain't even like the, the grand navier <laughs> collection of louis yeah, like yeah, yeah. you got this baby go yard you going up like you're worth 70 million you could have got bigger y'all <laughs> like oh, but she was like having some sort of of molly induced trip and I thought Future bought her the bag. Now I come to find out Quavo, Quavo the bag. as he got uh, Sweetie or Sawtooth or Sweetie. Sugar Honey Cane, whatever that girl <laughs> name is. Yeah. He had her at the AMAs. I was like, oh, you are petty. Mm-hmm. Petty, petty, petty. I was here for it. Thoughts? Poor well, Nicki. First, poor Nicki. I, so I love Nicki Minaj. I'll just say that. And that I'll be the devil's advocate in the room. I know what it is, and I I respect that, and I accept that. I want, firstly, for her to get off her Percocet, because I feel like it is, like, tremendously... It's, it's lowering her bars, like, her way of writing, her skill set, all of that. Um, as far as, like, all the situation, I never look at the Migos, even though people see Quavo as, like, the Beyonce of the group. I look at neither one of them as any sense of moral capacity. Like, they're transphobic, they're, they're homophobic, they are toxic they're misogynist, like, they're the, the most ultimate, like, trap hoteps there are. So, I don't look for anything that comes out of them to be positive. And this instance, I think, is just a back and forth between what Nikki put out as far as Barbie dreams, as reference to Biggie's dreams. And he's just playing off of that, but being a bit more petty about it. Because hers are seen as more playful. The one on about Karuchi Okado. 
Arch think I'm trying to get a pussy to Quavo. Like that was Apparently he did. <laughs> yeah. So Karuchi had a good reason to be upset and then like dip off. I get it. I wanted a pic. Honestly, when that dropped, I wanted a, a IG story of Karuchi just in there smiling. <laughs> like, she actually, is like, actually, but, like, but sitting next to Victor, like yeah, to ultimate, yeah. I really don't give a fuck. But this is what your raggedy ass gets. I can't stand weak women. But uh, carry on. What did you feel? Have you heard of Keenan? I have heard it. I really don't look for the Migos or anybody of them at all. I'm not really here for any of them. Um, However, I will say when it comes to like songwriting in the industry and you saying this and she's saying that, I feel that it's just already sticky when you're sleeping around with people in your industry. And this is a prime example of you need to not be sleeping around with people in your industry and find you a little teacher that lives in Hawaii and live your rest, live your life with him. Don't put that in there. But you know, and that's just that's just what it is. I mean, I did listen to the song and I honestly myself I really didn't find it that offensive or that it was just petty. But people love petty. Yeah, <laughs> I have a feel outside of Cardi B because she already knew that she was gonna be there at the AMAs. I'm like, if she heard that track before the AMAs, that's the real yeah, reason I, she yeah, ain't show up. Yeah, yeah, Especially yeah, yeah. like, oh, he bringing who? <laughs> like, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, girl. Yeah. I what I find interesting, and I said this when Nicki Minaj was super popular, and there was like no real competition. I remember when she was winning BET, BET awards going against like Rashida for Bubblegum. I'm like, okay, like that's a classic. Bubblegum was a I classic. I know, but that, that was up, like real scraping <laughs> to find somebody in the, in the category. That's like saying, yo, we gonna go with a Chinchilla Meek against Nicki Minaj well, for Go Getter. Like nobody, there was no one to really go against her. But I remember when that was all happening. I was like, she needs to be careful because i'm like she's doing all these features and all stuff and i'm like when something happens later on in her career i'm like none of these men are gonna come to her rescue mm. wayne included and it's yeah. it's definitely happened and i'm oh. now also i think possibly it is a large part her own doing and the fact that she probably i feel like someone had maybe wayne or somebody i feel like someone was probably behind the scenes like you need to chill yeah. Calm down. Of course. I hope so. And her being hard headed and not listening mm-hmm. and not receiving the message. But now she is learning the hard lesson of it's not the fact that people look at you as the bad guy. People know that you're insecure and that you want to be the only one. And a bunch of niggas who are rich and wealthy and used to rotating bitches like they do their dreads is not about to sit mm-hmm. here <sighs> and take no type of demands from you. They yeah. don't give a fuck. You can sit. Oh, I, I'm I'm Barbie teens. I got a fat ass. So does every other bitch that followed your Doctor Miami workout plan. Uh-huh. So it's like, just because you are looked upon as a rapper, they still don't respect you. And I think that's something that in this situation has been made very apparent. She did songs with all them. Where yeah. are they? Every if anything, everybody's been like, yes, Cardi. Shout out to Cardi. No one's been like. Yeah, Nikki, I rock with you. I mean, like a lot of local DJs in like Queens. That's about it, to be honest. Um, or people or that was, I didn't even know she was in a group. Who's this man that keep popping up talking about some, if anybody got something to say about you, it's on site, all these niggas. And I was like, who are you? Like, yeah. what CTA, what metro <laughs> are you clocking in at? Like, I was so confused. But yeah. that's, that's the thing, like, 
this isn't a case of the victimization of the black woman or lack of protection. I mean, it is lack of protection for her, but it's well, also a thing of it was your own doing. That was a lot at one time. Like, Sorry. I, 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 I was about <laughs> like, to say, no, no, like, because I was about to get to, like, the whole victimization part. She does do that very well. Because I do believe, like, me, me and Kim talked about that before. Like, she plays a victimization game where it's, I... I gave her my stylist. Yeah, like she's one of the people that like pokes the bear and then when the bear like claws you off, it's like, wow, like none of y'all, like why aren't y'all helping me? Like what well, this bear is like eating me up. And it's the thing because you're you're playing smarter behind the scenes, but in reality, people behind the scenes that are back there are knowing what you're doing and not respecting it. I don't know. It's, it's my own personal critique. I saw, I said that Nicki, I've seen Nicki Minaj my whole life. Nicki Minaj is the popular girl in high school mm-hmm. that always had a bunch of dudes that wanted her. Was a mean girl, yeah. had her click or whatever, but she was, you know, would do like shady little things to all the other girls. And the fact of the matter, when it comes down to it, she's the bitch that will stand on the couch in the VIP section talking shit over the bodyguards. But if that seat clears, now she ain't got nothing to say. Yeah. And that's what's infuriating. Car- I, don't, I don't give a fuck about the Cardi B situation anymore. It's just that to me is a lack of character. Because, yes, I grew up in the hood, but everybody always knows, Joy ain't never had hands. I am not the girl <laughs> that's going to sit here and run up in somebody. First off, my mouth will probably get me popped in the face. Because it's <laughs> like, I'll say some shit that'll hurt your feelings, and you don't even know mm-hmm. what I just said. But your reaction mm-hmm. is just be like, I got to hit this bitch. Like, I don't. I don't know what that means, but I know it's I bad. I know it was disrespectful, <laughs> and yeah. I just got to fuck her up. Like, which is why my mom, my remember <laughs> one time my best friend on here was like, Look, you can't fight, and you say some really mean things. Like one of the others has got to stop. <laughs> she was no. like, "Bitch, I'm not getting to fight at the on. Sigma party because of you." And that's yeah. and that's the thing. I not stopped doing party. it because it's like, but I've always claimed that. Yeah. Don't claim to be that bitch if you're not that bitch. Yes, I throw up blowing all day long. I know where I grew up. I was never the girl that was going to be out there fighting. I was like, oh, no, bitch, I got a violin practice to go to. I ain't doing this. I'll catch y'all for, for snow cones. I mean, I feel like Nicki Minaj needs to change her train of thought when it comes to she trying to get in with all of the guys when there are so many female rappers out in the world that she could form a bond with and grow off of that. She could be like the the mother of female rappers. And she could be that person, that portal for so many young rappers. Like on her last album, when she did that rap singy stuff, it just does not connect for me. But you put Dej Loaf on there, and it slays easily. And Wait, I'm just like, why? I mean, she does this thing oh, where I, she kind of like yodels. I have listened to a Nicki Minaj album She does since. like a yodel sing rap. It's paying homage to Talk. her and the daddy and roots. Yeah, yes. the wrong homage, though. Oh, my God. Usually when you pay homage, you do your history, and you know how it's supposed to exactly it be. It sounds very similar and, to yeah. I just I'm feel just like she she could really open the doors for so many other that. other female rappers and they could form this bond and she could be in her own little she could be her own entity where it'd be like, forget these other guys. I don't need these other guys. I am building this thing myself. And it still puts her where she's in that number one spot because she's the only one that does it. She's the only one that can do it, but I think to to both of your points, it speaks to her insecurities. Like, her insecurities, I can be the only one. I am I am the number one, so there can be no one else around me that I'm supporting or negating whatsoever. I don't even speak about them because it's only me. The eyes can only be on me. 
So I think if she did that, then yes, it would be something great for her. It would give her career longevity as far as like, yes, I am the queen. Like I literally am the queen mother because I have, yeah. I have taken heirs. Like these women are what's yeah. coming up next. Lil' Kim do did it. that. Yeah. Which is like Lil' Kim out here co-signing Dream Doll, Mariah Lynn. Like Lil' Kim has actually, and that's the reason truly why I've always loved Kim. What? I'm listening. Oh, <laughs> you already know. Like, no, no, I love Lil Kim too. Like, one of my favorite albums of all time is The Naked Truth. Like, that is one of the best albums. Oh, the Notorious KIM. Call Deserves. me what you want, but like, you know how everybody was like, what's the one song that if someone had a gun to your head, you? I'm like, look, suck my dick, tell my motherfucking get money hoes, and oh my god, I can say it like pros coming through like bulldozers. No, we ain't sober, but like, yeah. I can do. Like, Whole fucking song, yeah. ad libs. I know what counted ends on. I've always loved her. Yeah, but that's the thing. Like she has taken that route. Now I don't like necessarily her new music that she's put out, but what I do respect is how she is sincerely very supportive of these new girls. And I love how the new girls are very honest about it. Like I like color hair because Kim had colored hair. And if you notice, a lot of the new girls because. Like, Dream Doll might have just turned 21. Like, a lot of these mm. new girls are young, young, right? That. Like, wow. so to be honest, they're closer to Nicki Minaj being their OG than Lil' Kim. They've skipped over who technically is their generation to say, no, I got this from Kim. Because even when you look at the shit that Nicki has done, she's like, oh, well, I modeled myself off of Foxy. No, you didn't. Yeah, I never saw Foxy with colored in. hair. Nah. I never saw Foxy pussy popping with her legs open in yeah. photo shoots. It was always Lil' Kim. It's time for her to cross that bridge of being a young and fresh rapper to being a seasoned rapper. She has That's not. open. She's not crossed it yet. You know, she's still walking around with fru- Fruity Pebble, Oodles and Noodles wigs and... It's just not. But Eric and Tay is slaying her hair. It's uh, being finally done correctly. Agreed, no shade. Agree. I, I can't speak on it that much because I know this individual personally. But yeah, he does well. <laughs> and I'm going to just say that. Okay. <laughs> I think it's a step in the positive direction for her because two other points that she is very very um, stubborn when it comes to listening to creative feedback on what can make her better. Mm-hmm. That was one instance where she actually fired people that I think should have been fired and replaced them with somebody that can at least keep her image up to date. I believe her image should be like, what was it, looking at Snigga? Like, to me, that was the best look for her. When she was clean, oh, no, that makes me seem like, I was saying she looks dirty, but when she was doing like the fresh... Drugs. No, no, when she was... <laughs> I mean, I she could be messy. But when she was always doing the fresh, like the what's see, that was when she was with Meek. Remember, like they showed up the VMA, like fresh face, yeah. fresh face right? When yeah. she was doing like the simple look, it was absolutely gorgeous. Oh, that was like, okay. Yeah. I swear, oh, I thought right. she was stepping yeah. into like this realm. I was like, like yes, yeah. I know. I said the same thing. Yeah. And then she came right back, and I was like, never mind. I was wrong. Props to her giving Tay. That platform to do her hair and him to expand his visions and everything. I'm proud of him for that. I peep a lot of shit. Just, I mean, and this isn't shade or me trying to start things, but I, as soon start, start as, shut up, <laughs> as soon as he got named her hairstyle, I remember I told Jasmine, my cousin, I instantly was like, oh, this is gonna be a problem. Mm-hmm. And just like, what are you talking about? I'm like, he's friends with girls that just got into it. With Nicki Minaj. Nicki Minaj based a whole beef with Cardi B off of a hairstylist, Tokyo oh, Styles. Yeah. So I'm like, there's no way. Oh. 
that I'm like, she gonna have to give him a bag, obviously, to make him stop getting his money with other girls. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that's like Zendaya going to Luxury Lobby, like, you can only work with me, then you need to supplement what Seriously. Celine is gonna pay me, what all these other <laughs> bitches mm-hmm. is gonna give me mm-hmm. for 45 minutes of my time. Because if you're not doing that, girl, I'll catch you, you'll be my favorite. Mm-hmm. But you ain't going to stop my money elsewhere. It's too early in his game to be stuck to just one specific artist, unless you're talking very, very, very Bitcoin. Um, Unless, like, maybe I'm missing something, but the last couple of pictures I've seen, like, with Dream Doll and her hair, it's been beautiful hair, but she's only been acting like white Bella hair. It hasn't been Mm. him. And uh, now, Mm. also, let me say this. They can be good for all I know. Mm -hmm. But all I know is I, I just, seeing how Nicki Minaj behaves, Mm-hmm. I do not see her being the type of person that would not make him choose sides or oh, put course. him in a position yeah, like, where of course. Absolutely. you doing my hair and none of these <laughs> other bitches oh, So, And that's the part that saddens me because I'm like, that's the one thing I hate about powerful women in Chicago, you know? And it's like to see that now potentially mm. happening. Don't pigeonhole that young man or like do that. Cause he oh, I'm sure he's really smart. Good. He's smart. Oh, so okay. I'm sure he... You're like, he'll be fine. Yeah, yeah. He'll... I, I would say from my experience like as a creative, like it's an investment in time. Like there have been plenty of times where I worked at agencies where I knew like this is going to suck up my life altogether and I'm going to hate it. But I know there's going to be something that comes out of it that could put me in a better position when I leave. If Nikki hit me up and was like, hey, I want you to shoot out my videos for a year, I'd be like, okay, exclusively you for a year. It's going to be creatively stifling for a while. But I know on the other side of that, we're both going to come out being better creative. So I feel like for him, that's a good look. Whether she's paying him to solely work for her or not, that's going to be a good investment for his time and his craft. Just working with her, like that's got that's got to be a challenge. Yeah, he well, definitely has that Chicago hustle. He mm-hmm. was he came right from yeah. Chicago. He, was he moved right to the right I, up the everyone, street. Everyone, yeah, yeah. I remember when I lived on 16th in Michigan. Mm-hmm. Everyone was like, "You should go have Tay do your hair." And yeah. I was just like, I was scared because he had all the hood like mm. bottle girls going. I was like, "No, I'm good. He gonna have me in there sitting for 17 hours." <laughs> and I was just like, "I'm not spending a yeah. physical day yeah. just to get my." hair done to maybe know, get it done like. to maybe right i still be under the dryer but I like i'll be back girl <laughs> right. i'm like well i Wait. can set it and forget it in my damn house like i live across the street yeah so that's what i basically said now i'm good but he came, like i said he came from chicago he has that chicago hustle he moved to atlanta with the one dream to make it and I am proud in that sense where he took that and he has stayed connected with a lot of his friends from Chicago and did not just forget them and so be I like, know. oh, I'm doing these hairs. I know he. I'm addicted to the real cast. I don't know why I feel so trashy with it, but I have been. <laughs> Following like clockwork, this G Herbo house is the break. I'm like, okay, so she mad, man. No, yeah. like, <laughs> I mean, I was like, yeah. oh, she is following that breakup playbook to a T. Photo awesome. shoot, check. Cute baby pictures, <laughs> check. Yeah. I don't give a fuck about this nigga, check. Uh-huh. I was like, oh, okay. No, she don't yeah. like that kill build a bride mode right now. Like, it all means make him jealous. <laughs> And, and but see, he's got he's playing his playbook too because I see him say shit yeah. about her. I'm like, oh, this is gonna be good. Like, which one's gonna cave first? It's gonna be explosive. Yeah. It's, it's gonna be bad. <laughs> you gonna see that mushroom cloud from somewhere in the loop? Like, there it is. <laughs> just blew that <laughs> Today was the day. Her brother gonna be all askew. She's gonna be mad as fuck. 
<laughs> I'm waiting for them nails to come. Remember when, like, um, the original 101 Dalmatians with Cruella's eyes at the end go red? <laughs> That's going to be her. I'm like, she is going to kill him. Okay, <laughs> like, yeah, can yeah. we please keep him on the sick and shut, like, the prayer list? <laughs> <laughs> okay. Everybody had that chair. Um, also, Brother Herbert uh, <laughs> is recuperating. Yeah, at nah. Mercy, or no, we're gonna take it back. Michael Reese Hospital, if you can please send all your mm-hmm. thoughts and prayers, as well mm-hmm. as we're gonna be passing the collection around for Sister Ari. Uh, her bell is very high. <laughs> <laughs> so, if y'all could please just for help, love <laughs> it. That's definitely, I just wanted to end it on a lighter note. A shame that Nicki Minaj being victimized is the lighter note, Lord. I just need a break. It's too much. She needs a break. She need, I don't know. Like She needs to stop taking Percocet and she needs to get back to writing. That's all it is. She's in me. a very delusional as a world. Fan, like her, her sense yeah. of reality is getting to me. It's not a, as a hostile place, but it's getting to a Kanye-like place where your touch of reality gets detached from you as a famous person. And she's letting the fame get the best of her and her craft. Yeah. Yeah. Talk to Adele. Adele be flying out the scene for years. Comes I didn't even back. She went to Drake concert. Yeah. Like, no, you were in the USA. Be like, flying out the scene and coming back and being. Like, I know. <laughs> Comes back and be sweeping the Grammys. Be sweeping the Grammys. And you know what? It's one of those things of like, you might look and be annoyed that a white woman, but I'm like, no, truly it's deserved. This ain't Taylor Swift winning, having the distinction of getting album of the year, the first woman to do it twice. There are some people that, Beyonce is still waiting on her album of the year. You know, like, there's a lot of people that are still waiting. And then it's just like, (laughs) Adele is one of the few people that I'm just like, no, I can be mad, but she earned every last one. She writes her stuff, and she... And I disagree. She does her... You disagree? What do you mean? I disagree with her winning album of the year. To me, her music always sounds very much so monolithic. There's no growth in her music. I think she's a great writer. I think she's obviously an amazing vocalist. But when it comes time to... Like, her music, it's not that great to me. Like, I think Amy Miles was a lot greater than her, and then, like, she got the accolade, yes, but the comparison is uncanny. I think um, that was is what makes her music sell. It's so easy to digest. It's not a story. It's not a book. It's not a movie. That's my music. This is what it is. You better learn that. She definitely followed the Celine yeah. Dion playbook. Like, <laughs> yeah. think about it. Outside of yeah. the truly luxury law is the spiciest thing going on. Celine Dion and found a way to got a, to have a boy toy 20 years her junior, and we still don't care. Oh, and like, she's so paid. She is so When paid. I found out what she did <laughs> to keep her voice, I'm mm-hmm. like, not only is that a level of dedication I would never have, but that just... She, when she was doing those sets in, in Vegas, mm-hmm. she's like, yeah, so my home is, um, so three days before a show, I'll just stop talking. Mm-hmm. And my home, you know, because the air is very dry, so I keep my home um, conditioned and humidified. That's not central air. How the <laughs> fuck do you have a humidifying system yeah. in, in a mansion that's easily 15,000 yeah. square feet? Like, come yeah. on, because she ain't doing no basic 10,000. It's a smooth 15 to 20. Yeah. And your whole home got a humidifying system. Yeah. Okay, sis. There's dedication, and that's why she's still making that 
humongous coin. And, and it's know. deserved. That's why yeah. her voice still sounds like mm-hmm. she just came out. Whitney didn't do that playbook. Whitney did the Newports really and Miles Sauce playbook. I was trying yeah. not to say she it. did some books, <laughs> but it was not the correct ones. But not to talk, not to get back on Beyonce like that. But no, don't the reason Beyonce, Beyonce no, 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 we, no, no, next, here no, we no, go. No. But to talk about, you know how she done went album of the year against no, I don't uh, remember. Adele. I don't, I don't remember. You do remember because you almost cried and, uh, <laughs> and <laughs> you almost cried. <laughs> so it was okay. moisture. And I feel that the reason that was was because when she released that album, it was art. It was produced very, very, very well. But everybody can't process that type of that that work quality. Wait, which like, album? Self titled. It was or? was it Lemonade that that, that she lost. Yeah, the, it was Lemonade, it was lemonade she that she lost to Adele to. And I think that since it was so intricate that. It was like, some people was like, oh, I'm down for this. And some people were like, what's she talking about? To quote I mean, my most problematic my problematic fave that I have, uh, Azealia Banks. Instances who? like that. In, Azealia Banks, you know who she is. No, I don't. Instances like that oh. show that the Grammys are not about artistic excellence anymore. If it's about simplicity and somebody getting a message across without any kind of story or narrative whatsoever in the album, that's the artistic excellence. That's pop sales. I'm sorry, I blanked out at Azalea. Yeah. You don't have to. You can Google her and you'll find <laughs> quite enough about her. But just know that she is there. <laughs> is she? She is. Is she all the way, halfway, a quarter way? What way is she there? She's on her way. On her way where? To the top. <laughs> <laughs> and how many okay. stories does she have to climb? <laughs> <laughs> it goes with the good and the bad. You take them both and there you have the facts of life. Thank you. Oh. <laughs> I, okay, we're gonna stop now. <laughs> I look like I don't even have a clap back. Like if yeah. Kanye is in the sucking place, she is in Gamora. Like I don't know yeah. where. Again, like there comes a point where you separate an artist from their public fame. For her, it was a big thing. For me, like her broke with expensive taste. One of the best written hip hop albums probably in the past five years because she's such a negative persona. People can't digest that. So I, for me, it's the music. It's the music over the personality. She's chosen to be a troll over her artistic value, and I can't reconcile that. Understandable. It has to be a good medium, and she does not want to go for the medium of being able to voice your opinion, but also giving a little bit. And she never wants to give a little bit, but she wants to voice a lot. She has, and that's mm. that's really what what messes her up. Because I agree with you. She did some bootlegging movies, and she did. F- Semi good, so I think that she has some talent. Yeah, do you she know what movie be... she played in? No. Okay, all right. So, um, Love Beats and Rhymes <laughs> on Netflix. Y'all check it out. It's pretty good. It's Jill Scott. Don't be trying to plug <laughs> nobody. Don't be trying to plug. It probably got taken. I don't care. Down. I'll be the bad guy. <laughs> <laughs> okay, Charlie. Like, like hey. which for, till the day I die, put it in my damn obituary. Chun Li was never a villain it's disrespectful yeah. to video game hits everywhere yeah like she never was a villain ever like oh she just gets on my that ending <laughs> so according to ig whoo moving right along yes. my favorite part of my show Shake where i up. get to interview <laughs> my faves i feel like we've just <laughs> been doing so much already um as i said before i have sean gabby as well as the amazing keenan kyle's I definitely wanted to get you all here to interview because I think you all are the epitome of black boy joy. Um, just the sense of 
no toxic masculinity. Um, last week I had the amazing production colors on the show with um, Josh Ishman, Justin Clark, Sam Trump. And then this week I have you. Oh, guys. We went to college together, Sam Trump. Really? Yeah. Are you into Columbia? Yeah. Okay. He is so cool. Like very talented as well. Super talented and very down to earth. Yeah. Like I I loved how he was just chill. And then I know Justin through my friends at Northwestern. Mm-hmm. All of them came through deep conditioner and just common sense. So <laughs> keeping that trend right along, I was like, I'm bringing y'all on the show this week. <laughs> um First and foremost, like if anyone doesn't know, Sean, you're not a native of, of the city. No, I'm originally from St. Louis, Missouri, specifically a small town by the name of Hashtag Ferguson. Uh, yeah, born and raised. Shout out to Mike Brown. Oh, Lord, that just lingers. Yeah. <laughs> it's just like, <laughs> yeah. Yeah. All righty. So moving right into, you know, coming to Chicago, your creative journey. You know, how have you seen that evolve in terms of, you know, when you got started being that fresh faced, you, everyone's fresh faced and, you know, I'm going to change all this shit, you know, and how do you look now at the industry? God. Um, yeah. When I first moved to Chicago um, several years ago, oof, damn, you're making me reflect, girl. Um, I was very, what like, I do. very <laughs> wide eyed and open, optimistic about like my place in the industry, the industry being advertising. I'm a black queer man. A lot of times I don't see that representation, especially like up to four or five years ago. Not at all. So my role in wanting to take this career choice on as a creative in advertising was to provoke and evoke like people's thoughts when it came to like the black people not being a monolith, specifically black queer men not being present whatsoever. Um, <laughs> over the course of my four years being in Chicago, I've had many experiences that have negated that and shown me how much of a challenge it is if you don't have the support of your peers as well as your white peers specifically because you need those white allies in the room to actually force change. Like it's, it's, It was a hard pill for me to swallow, but that's probably the biggest lesson I learned is that, yes, you can have like you can have all of your people that look like you, that speak like you, think like you in the room, but when it comes time to present things and sell these pitches to these old white men, they're going to need to have that translated by somebody else because no matter how eloquent you speak, no matter how many five, six-syllable words you use, they need it to come from a white mouth, and that's fucked up, but that's what I learned. <laughs> that just yeah. sits there, hangs. Um, <laughs> so, Kenny, looking at you in terms of your experience, your professional mm-hmm. development, like you said, you went to Columbia College. Mm-hmm. Is it Columbia Columbia University or college? Columbia College. Okay. Yeah. Don't ask me, y'all, the difference. I don't know. All I know is that Sally Mae is coming for all of us. So, <laughs> <laughs> it can be college, university, da- Bob Evans down on the farm, whatever. Yeah. <laughs> like, it's still costly. Um, how did you see like your journey change in terms of like when you started school to like now, you know, being in the professional world, you know, working for a, a very well-known news station? Like how mm-hmm. how did that, you know, shape you in terms of what you wanted to do? You know, when I first graduated from Columbia, I felt as if I was going to go right into the business and be like this very popular like star everybody who graduates with a music degree feels like it's going to jump off immediately I'm Neo. because I'm one Neo. thing they don't teach you in college is patience and that is what i learned very quickly that if i wanted to actually make it that i'm going to need to be patient but not be patient and be stagnant but be patient and, and do little things to work towards that bigger goal so that is um when I first graduated I didn't have a gig or any type of job lined up so I called this company that I worked for 
ABM and they are a customer service slash janitorial company. And I was like, cause I used to work at the Sears Tower, opening up the elevators and all of that stuff. And so I was like, could I just do that like part-time? And they were like, we don't have that, but we got a janitorial job for you. And I was like, who? <laughs> Um, she gonna uh, what to do? <laughs> we will not find out. And you want me to clean where? Like, <laughs> but life was real. I, I walked into this adult. I walked into adulthood, and I had to find a way to pay my bills in Chicago because it's not cheap to live here. Pay my bills and still try to fund my music. So I said, okay, I'm gonna do this janitorial job for a year, and then next thing I know, eight years later, I was still cleaning offices and mopping and. At first, that first year, I was really upset at myself. Um, I was really upset at God. I was just really upset because I was just here. And something just clicked one day, and I just said, I'm working in a news station. I need to talk to these people to see what type of connections I can make. How can I use my current situation and make something out of it and fast forward five years later I was on the news being featured as a janitor who is working night side in order to support his career as an opera singer and it went viral and ever since then my doors have opened but one thing that I gained from working at that news station was patience and that's what I like to instill in a lot of young people who want to be opera singers and who want to be singers in general, who want to be in a creative industry in general, that you have to have patience if you plan to, you know, have longevity. Mm-hmm. So that's pretty much where I, where I felt I was. Because when I first read it, I was like, oh, yeah, I'm hot. I can sing and people like liking me. I'm going to do this. And I was like, oh, no, nah, this is not how it's going to be. So it kind of was like, a okay, up. Uh, then I was like kind of like in a slightly downward part of my life. And then as I started coming back, I started coming up, going up, going up to just doing my first lead role like a year ago in Ooh. Scotland. So, you know, it's that's how life is. You never know um, where it will take you. You know what you would like to do. But your purpose is always bigger than what your initial thought is. And you never realize that until you're pushed out into the world and forced to be bigger than what you initially thought you would be. I think you just hit it. Lord knows I'm a heathen, but this has always been one of my favorite scriptures. Faith without works is dead. Everyone, you know, and I do have my opinion on church and black church and sometimes blind hope. But what I will say is... When it, all of us right when it when it comes down to it um you need to be able to pray for it and then put the effort to get it mm-hmm. you know and that's something that i definitely have seen both of you all do you all have never been lazy um you all have always been self-starters had your own initiative you know um not initiative but taking the initiative to make your dreams come true and that definitely is what separates those there's a difference between patience and entitlement. Mm. Mm-hmm. And that's something that I feel like you all definitely represent. Like patience is let me grind it out and be this janitor and get this check to fund the dreams, what I need to do. Entitlement is I'm going to sit here and not do nothing and complain and then hope yeah. that magically it just mm-hmm. happens and that Will Smith sees my IG post and now I'm famous. Mm-hmm. You might as well buy a lottery ticket if that's the <laughs> route mm-hmm. you're taking. Like if you, yeah. you want to waste time, do that instead. Um, hmm. 
So this question for you, Sean, in terms of when you were, you know, developing these different business connections, you know, and you've always, that's what I love. You've always been a very straightforward person with me and you've always helped me keep my own accountability. Hell, even this week, y'all, he was like, I did not get an email. So we're going to try this for next week. And I was like, wait, no, I said it's Keenan. And I was like, shit, he did say CC him. And I did not do that. So he was like, yeah, no, whoa, that is not how that works. I was like, noted. No tips. Yeah, so, thank you. How and that's the thing, but it, it hasn't been something. To, it, I heard all about it. <laughs> he was like, "Well, why didn't anyone say anything to yeah. me?" I was like, "No, that was." And I'm call. like, "So, do we do Are this? We Are we not <laughs> gonna do it?" <laughs> like, I believe in transparency. Exactly. All transparency. Yes. But what I mean is, how has that helped you? <laughs> Sorry. How has that helped you separate? Um, I don't know if it's a Chicago thing, but that's the thing. We a hustling ass city. We will talk that talk, baby. But when it comes to the the follow through, sometimes it's very hard to find that. Mm -hmm. How have you found, um, how has it been for you to navigate through the bullshitters um, Hmm. and to find those who truly are about that action and about that work ethic? Um, It's a lot of, to be honest, a lot of trial by error. Um, Not being a native of Chicago, I have experienced a lot of, as a lot of uh, other non-natives call out of Chicago, Windy City bullshit, where you get somebody and they talk you up, like, we want to do X, Y, and Z, we popping, and then it comes time to the point where let's put some dollars in place to get this solidified and people go ghost. Um, so for me, it's not really, I, I wouldn't necessarily say it's gotten better. It's more so that I've gotten better with dealing with identifying when someone is about working and about putting, creating a vision for themselves and putting in the work and time and effort for us to consolidate and create that compared to somebody that wants a quick fix and isn't ready to put like any kind of monetary capital towards their vision. So I think that, I think that kind of answers the question. No, no, it does. Keenan, um, same thing for you in the sense of like how, no, actually slightly different. So in terms of like, say you're, you know, you're realizing, okay, this person is not what I thought they was cracked up to be. How have you been able to maintain like your professionalism, especially like when you are a straightforward person, mm-hmm. it, it almost is like, I don't know if this happens to you, but sometimes I find, especially in professional settings, like it's frustrating to me because I want the response to be visceral and just like, you're not going to play me, yeah. you know, and just leave it alone. But then it's like, you have to consider everything's full circle and your karma and what goes mm-hmm. around times and all this other stuff. So how do you, how have you found the best way to like navigate when it comes to like people bullshitting you and not you snatching them up from their edges? Ooh. Yeah, you know, honestly, I, if I get in a situation where I'm supposed, for example, if I'm supposed to get paid a certain amount of money, and once I get there where her stuff started, and I realize that there is no budget for it, um, because I'm a strong person, and seeing through other people's visions, if I hopped on board with you, it's because I believe in your vision, Mm -hmm. and so I will see through your vision, but I will not dare look at another vision of yours. Mm. Until I know that There's I a got routing number fifty percent down before I go, seventy five percent when I do that first rehearsal, and the other twenty five by the time I sing for the last concert, and it's that type of way, you know, because people in the in the music industry, everybody got a studio, everybody got a concert, everybody got a team, and I'm just like, or but you ain't got no money, <laughs> you right. know, everybody producing models, everybody, you know, becoming, you know, everybody got everything, but not everybody got money mm-hmm. already put in place for the, the next three events, 
and it's that type of thing. So, you know, if you're if you're a friend of mine and I really believe in you, I'll go ahead and I'll sit I'll sit it through and I'll do the do the event for you. But the next time it'll be definite, more definite put in place. Before before I say yeah, you know, because I think that's disrespectful to us as creatives and artists. Mm-hmm. We have we should have the opportunity to say no. And sometimes people think, well, you're my friend. Yeah, but I'm also somebody that has bills and I have responsibilities to myself. So if I feel like what I'm working, what you're working on does not support my bills, I still love you. But I I don't have time to really devote to that because I have other things that I need to do that are actually going to pay me and give me money for what I need, you know, the responsibilities that I have. Mm -hmm. But, you know, know, I don't want to burn the bridges. I really don't burn bridges. I just... After that situation, I start carving the bridge in a way where it works for me, where I can cross smoothly and not necessarily the same route. Always having to go around, go back around, and go down under the bridge and stuff like that. So, yeah, Lord, blood triggers. (laughs) (laughs) Those triggers. Um, So, pivoting a little bit, like. You all definitely, I always say this, I'm like in terms of, and yes, I get it. Not every relationship is perfect, but in terms of like holistically, I'm like, well, look at two people in a healthy, loving, (laughs) commonsensical relationship goals. Like I definitely consider y'all goals. I'm like, stop. I was like, I know, right? Keaton over here going like, yes. (laughs) Sean's over here embarrassed. Keaton's like, because I'm that nigga. Okay, he better have. Yeah. <laughs> it, speaks, it speaks to balance. Like, right. you, have to have balance. you can't be with yourself. True. <laughs> Unless you're Kanye. But um, oh when it comes down he to. Said his name. He said his name. Oh, that got broken. I knew. Oh, I just wanted to go. Yeah. We, and you said Trump. I, Moving right along. Um, <laughs> but when it comes to how, how do you all balance, you know, the because I know you all do work together at times too. So how do you balance like the professionalism or how do you know how to like separate? Okay, this is like we're bringing this home versus this is not. Because sometimes, you know, you have those moments where it's like, I told your ass he was doing quick cuts right here. You didn't. Oh, I'm so And now you have got her to be slamming <laughs> salmon plates at me. I'm telling you. <laughs> I think you have to uh, believe in each other. You have to really believe in each other's artistry, creativity, and really appreciate it. Because if you don't really appreciate it, then those times when you're asked to do more in a creative setting with your partner, it's not going to be fun. But if you believe in them and you have an open mind, then it opens up a gate of a special bond, but also even a bigger uh, outcome than we had originally planned for. Mm -hmm. And I think that's what more so keeps working together fun is because he thinks my work is dope and I think I think my work is dope and I think his work is dope and since we both have that same like oh we both are dope creators we always go into a project thinking it's going to be amazing and in the process we might do more than we think but it's because it's because it's going to be amazing at the end of the day, and that's how most of our projects work. I give him his space to do 
to be who he wants to be and do what he wants and he tries to challenge me i don't know if it always is successful but it happens and sometimes it's really good and sometimes i'm just like I think my jaw is too big right there, and you need to slim it down. I'm not talking about that. You know? I said what I said, okay? You know, case in point, it was a picture, a headshot that he took of me, and I'm like, yeah, you need to clean that up. And he like, I don't do Photoshop, and I'm like, clean that up. <laughs> like, like, don't make me control This is all going to people that are used to looking at Photoshop pictures and you trying to give me like this fresh face and it's not going to work. I need like, you to... I want the real you. I'm yeah. like, I want this nice yeah. <laughs> You need to do it. You know, and, and those times like because we are both open-minded, which he did do it, it's like it works out. I know he grumbled the whole yeah. way. <laughs> Every swipe he was... Because I was telling him each place that I wanted to be clean. I'm like, I need that out. I need because that I out. Support. Vivica Fox faces like people's faces get so placated and masked over you can't even see the real them anymore but True. In this I instance, mean we ain't yes. trying to hazel eat him but still like <laughs> yeah. he wanted a little I mean at the end of the day once I walk into the room they're gonna see how I look right but I just need to get in the door you know, to, to, to an earlier point you have to play the game sometimes to get to where you want to be yes I'm still learning that exactly <laughs> I think that's the beauty thing like you said you all respect each other's work and you know those boundaries which you know sometimes a lot of people don't um, in regards, cause you all have been together now for like a couple of years. So mm. in regards to, um, your relationship and just other people's perceptions, have you all more so looked at each other? Like we're each other's shelter from the bullshit or how do you feel that it's made you be more vocal in your own life? Because and no shade, like when I met you, we have been coworkers slash friends maybe going on like seven, eight months mm-hmm. before I realized that you identified as queer. Yes. And, that, and, <laughs> and and it's not like anybody, there's no set way to look gay mm-hmm. or, or to be gay. So it wasn't me going like, oh, I didn't think you acted gay. You know, it was yeah. just one of those things of like, you didn't tell me. And obviously it wasn't my business. So I wasn't like tripping, but do you find now where you are? I have seen the progression turns like you're way more vocal and be like, "Yep, I'm a queer man. This is my know. man. You get the fuck over it." For me personally, like around that time, I was in a relationship. I was in a relationship where the other party wanted to be closeted, so I was trying to respect that, which is ultimately why that situation ended. Um, so moving forward, like I do feel a lot more sense of one myself and my owning my identity, but also having a partner like Keenan allows me to always be able to speak in public saying like oh yeah my partner oh yes he like using these pronouns like yes this is a, this is something different for you I'm going to speak about it so it does give me a higher sense of ownership of who I am as well as opening up other people to something they wouldn't they wouldn't like you said that like, you wouldn't think like you see someone like me it's a lot of stereotypes around what does a black queer man look like and for me I don't look like that most of the time I don't speak like that as a lot of those stereotypes go across but I'm here to represent anomalies of people that don't that still exist and deserve representation hashtag growing up black because in households and black households, it feels like they never accept the changes that you are making as an adult. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's like, mm-hmm. are you sure you that? Mm-hmm. Are you really that? So what, who you say you talking to again? I'm like, how many do I should I get y'all all shirts for Christmas and put <laughs> right. it on there? This is who I'm talking to. This is how I live my life. This is where I'm standing. This is where I'm going to re- remain. You know, you being need, you need a shirt that says. It, it should be each bill that you have yeah. with the question at the top saying, who pays these? Yeah. 
Because that's the shirt yeah. I'm about to walk through. That's it's the like, only, hey, y'all. Yeah. <laughs> but that's the only reason why it makes it hard to, um, it's it's still a growing thing with my family because um, they are invested in a reli- in Christianity and they are yes. stuck in no man's land where all men are supposed to be he man work uh nine to five wife is supposed to be at home cooking and cleaning and making sure dinner is high having a drink ready at the door mm. and i'm just like welcome like that's not how this rolls like people once you even grow in your relationship yeah you're doing that to you know so being able to break out of that mode and just Becoming an individual and learning to love yourself um, is what's most important through the process. Because not every you don't expect everybody to accept everything that you're doing or even respect everything that you do. But you try to do it in a way where they feel that there's a door open if they want to know more about it. Gotcha. Mm, that makes sense. I feel like as black people, like black queer men, but specifically generally as black people in general, you are giving so many guardrails growing up as to how you can navigate to the safe way. Mm-hmm. Like if you do X, Y, and Z, then you will be able to navigate easier through life. There's, whether that is with the woman, like gender roles. Do you mm-hmm. adhere to that? Do you placate that? Do you play the submissive wife and do all these kind of things for your man in order to suppress yourself? Or do you go above and beyond to define yourself? I think the same thing goes for anybody that's black. You have to go above and beyond what is the monolith in order to, one, identify who you are, and to own that in the world that's going to suppress you and tell you not to. That's the only way you can, like, gain, like, full freedom. Yeah. I, yeah, we've had this discussion many a time just in terms of, like, how to couple love a family versus I will hurt all y'all. Like, <laughs> like, you don't get the fuck out of my face. And that's the, the biggest thing where it comes down to, um, there's a, uh, and I said this before, but there's a, a perception that black family means that you have to accept people treating you poorly no. if it's your family. Yeah. And mm-hmm. I'm like, I'm not about to sit here and suffer with 30 other motherfuckers. Snip, snip, like, yeah. like when I say my peace of mind supersedes everyone, that I don't care what, what placement you are in my life. Because the thing is, if I lose my shit, who is wiping up the drool off my chin? Mm. Like, mm. or who is paying for me to now have, you know, round the clock care <laughs> at 30 until mm. I die? That, that means, okay, like, because black people also are broke. So okay. we ain't got it. So I'm just like, so I suggest you leave me alone with the two functioning brain cells I have left and let me try and maintain. Okay, so I, I definitely yeah. am a strong proponent of we can we can be family. But we do not have to be friends. And I do not have to surround myself around toxicity, you know, just for the sake of, you know, getting some damn dressing at Thanksgiving. I'm trying to tell you, it's not that serious. Me and Jasmine already have looked into the menu (laughs) at Morton's. Because she was like, do you want to go? I was like, yes, I would actually love some sea bass that night. I called them. I was like, are y'all open on Thanksgiving and Christmas? They were like, yes, we are. I was like, if you can put us down for 630. (laughs) Oh, yeah, I forgot to tell her that. I made our reservations already. (laughs) So I don't know where y'all will be, but I will be having some Chilean sea bass and that little sourdough French onion roll with the salted butter that they have. I'm waiting. It's so liberating to reach a point in your life where you feel like you can love yourself and feel like you can 
still love yourself, still have those values that, because I mean, though your family is not always uh, peaches cream, you did learn some good values from them. And True. I think that that's good that you can still take those values, apply them to this life that they may not agree with, but still love yourself and mm-hmm. still feel like you are deserving to be on this earth. And I think that's what's the problem with a lot of LGBTQ young youth. Um, they are too young to realize that. So they're kicked out of the house. They're on the street. They're selling their bodies mm-hmm. or they're killing themselves mm-hmm. because they don't feel like anyone accepts them. But if they just had one person to tell them to take some of the good out of that family that you found and that you that you gain and then start this new life and be an amazing person when you grow up, continue to go forward as an amazing person, get your job, find a way to uh pay for your education and go forward like that. And I think that that's what's that needs. We need more of that. Mm. Um, But yeah, I mean, we talk about LGBTQ plus, but it goes for anybody that you could have been raised in a family of nuns and they like, are you going down to nun school? And you're like, no, I'm not going down to nun school because I want to have babies and I like sex, Mm. you know, Mm. and I need you to be okay with that. And it's just about loving yourself, accepting yourself, and taking that moment to decide that this life is for me. So definitely wanting to pivot back, you know, my last question, in terms of where do you all, having these, you know, moments of dealing with microaggressions, that you know, having to have these come-to-Jesus moments with yourself, not only in your personal life, but also in terms of, what you wanted to define your professional careers as, or or I should say how you wanted to define your professional careers. Where do you see, do you all see yourself staying within this corporate landscape or are you now in a space where you're like, look, let's just try and figure out how to make this happen on our own because we know the shit that we're going to deal with on this side. And we, we just want to figure out a way to get past it. Um, I would say for me, um, my past experiences corporately have definitely led me to more of a Robin Hood mentality where I'm robbing from the rich to give to the poor, the poor in this instance being my own personal endeavors and dreams that have not been actually supported nor like physically or mentally. So I think that's where I'm at right now where I'm navigating my way out of corporate America altogether so I can support my own LLC, Sean Galley LLC, Sean Galley Creative. Hey. Yes. <laughs> too much. Um, I mean, this is a plug. Like I am <laughs> yes, a plug. Yes, plug. Um, but to answer your question, Joy, it's, it's led me in a sense of one, having more diplomacy so I can operate within corporate settings without always being hostile, without always being mad, without always having to be the voice of reason in the room with no one looks like me or sounds like me in order to still get to the point that yes, this is incorrect. You all need to hear this, but not be yelling to get that point and still be able to walk away with the check to put that towards my own endeavors. For you. The second that I walked into the room and the cameras for CNN were recording me, uh, for being an opera singer, I immediately knew that I didn't need any corporate business or entity to make me to be heard. And so ever since then, I knew that my journey to be an op- to become an opera singer, to be an opera singer, was going to be different than the people that go to school, go get go get a master's, go to a young artist program. I already knew it was going to be different because I was already receiving some type of recognition that a lot of my colleagues still today ask me, like, how did that happen? And I'm just like, I don't really know how it happened. I kept working. I kept, I stayed focused. And 
I started making opportunities for myself on my own. And I think that that's where a lot of my going forward, that's where a lot of my um, leads will be, projects will be, opportunities being connected to people that have their own personal opportunities and being a part of that and making my own opportunities for myself instead of trying to sing at the Lyric Opera House that can't keep their money together right now. On that note. Wait, hold on, hold on. On that note. Like, goddamn. I was like, I was like, woo! Alright. Flex dropped the bomb. (laughs) To freedom. To freedom, though, like, beyond, like, that being culturally insensitive, what Nicki Minaj said, there really is a big thing about putting positivity towards your freedom, right? That means fiscal freedom, your creative freedom, whatever you need to do. Be free from whatever's holding you back and just be free, like, to freedom. Like, cheers to freedom. Okay. Like, <laughs> hell to the O. Um, so, thank you so much, my loves, for being on yeah. the show. Um, if you guys also don't know, I forgot to say this earlier, these two amazing young men um, are the reason why, why, why my website looks so poppin', so dope. They helped me with all of my photography, being the director of photography, being um, the director of all my looks. Um, definitely, I think the best thing, though, was giving me the confidence to be like, okay, I could do this. Hell like. Yeah. So, um, definitely, definitely super thankful. I loved having you on. And now moving lastly into my motivational message. Um, it was a toss up between if I wanted it to be about, (laughs) no, that's petty. Um, it was a toss up between if I wanted it to be about, you know, learning from others' mistakes or if I wanted it to be about what I'm about to speak on. So clearly the (laughs) latter one out. But what I wanted to focus on, I told myself at the beginning of the year that 2018 for Joy was the year of follow through. And I am very happy and pleased to say that for the most part, everything I wrote on my list, I fulfilled, you know, some things that weren't on my list that I fulfilled, you know, that were just amazing blessings for me. But there's something that is happening actually by the, that will be um, this Wednesday. And I'm not going to go into too much detail, number one, because it deals with high school students. Um, and this clearly is not a high school appropriate <laughs> show. <laughs> and then secondly, it's also through my job. Um, but the reason why I'm just so thankful and so blessed and so happy is because this is an idea that I have for two years um, that I didn't give up. Like, I, I would try and present every job I went to. I was still trying to present it and be like, hey, mm-hmm. like, I think this would be a good way to like to position things to like kids and you know. No, I remember. <laughs> and people would make, oh, well, we already do that, or oh, you should join this program. I'm just in there like, no, y'all aren't doing it because if y'all were, the kids would be excited. And that's in there like, huh? Here we go. Um, <laughs> so I, I um, I found it interesting that. This job that I currently have, I've been here now officially six months, and I I remember I kind of felt beat down about it. I was like, when I brought it up, I I kind of softly did, like, hey, guys, maybe we can do this as an opportunity. And they jumped on it and were just like, yes, go do it. There's your budget, and we'll see y'all when you you have everything worked out. Um, Two things I have learned from that. A lot of times people are scared to follow through because then there's the accountability attached to it. And Mm. the fact of the matter is, it's not that you're afraid of failing. You're afraid that you don't have what it takes 
to complete the task. And so what this has taught me is I had to sit there and be dedicated and really map out like every set. Okay, what are these questions that I'm going to ask the panelists? How am I going to shape this to make the kids feel at home? When am I going to get back to people, you know, with the deadlines that I said I was going to do to make sure that, you know, the, the logistics are completed, you know, things like that. And it's been pressure like all hell. I'm scared because I think kids are evil. So I'm like, great. Mm. Now I'm be sitting here in front of a bunch of fucking teenagers judging me. I'm trying <laughs> to figure out what dress I'm going to wear to look like appropriate and fashionable yeah. at the same time. I'm thinking like, should I buy these clothes from tar- Target? Like, it's just, <laughs> like is, this, is this okay? You know, yeah. I'm feeling like um, fucking Tracy from Omar Tyrese Fly Girl. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, the judgment. Yeah. <laughs> um, but at the end of the day, I'm happy because this follow through that I spoke of was two years in the making. Mm. So when you set out goals, if you truly believe it, if you're truly passionate, no one, fuck the person that says you have to do it within a certain time frame. Mm-hmm. You don't know what your life is going to look like that will keep you, that will prevent you, you know, from maybe fulfilling it faster or when you thought you should have done it. But the fact is, you can put something down and then still pick it back up and at the end still check that off your follow through list. Seven hundred and sixty mm-hmm. days later, I'm getting to wait. Hold on, let me do math. Three sixty-five. Three sixty. No, that's seven hundred and twenty days. Damn, Jasmine, <laughs> you look. She looks like count, count, bitch. That is not no. <laughs> um, a lot of time later is the point. <laughs> I'm being able to say that this is something that's come together, and I'm very blessed to say that I had people that were helping me to fulfill this. And to see it come through. So I'm probably going to get a little emotional on Wednesday just because I'm like, I cannot believe that this shit happened. But um, do not hold yourself or don't condemn yourself based on somebody else's timeline. Mm. But take to heart the fact that when you follow through, whenever that box gets checked off, that is still a day of celebration and a day of accomplishment. Um, And if this is my petty moment, then so be it. To the companies that did not... Mm see it for me or I wasn't a good culture fit or whatever. Sure it's, it's not a, a look at me now because like I said, I know where I am. I'm like three layoffs later. It's, it's really nothing. My, the job I had, like it's not about the job. It's about the fact that I finally feel like I'm in a space that they can afford to support the vision that I have. And maybe that was the lesson that just God was trying to teach me, not to put down the dream, Mm -hmm. but just the fact like you're not in the environment that's going to be able to facilitate it. So I'm not going to reveal or give you this blessing here because you're going to be frustrated and they don't deserve it. Mm. Um, I hope everyone has an amazing Monday. I, um, I'm just, I'm hyped. I'm ready for this happening. And and I got them the good hood candy. I got them fruities. I was on the phone with Jess. Oh, no. Like, should I get them chews? Do kids still eat chews? What about these peach ones? I don't, I don't know. Um, what candy is popping in the streets? I literally was like, is that is that dated? Have I know like these girls don't even they skip the ugly phases. I'm like, my, I'm looking at my high school phase versus these girls. I'm like, their faces are beat. B A T. Like, and I was just like. I was just happy that, that my mama let me get, like, Lancome and mm-hmm. stop letting me say all I could wear was honey gloss. Like, mm-hmm. these girls out here got Becca products and Fenty Beauty. Mm-hmm. I'm like, what, what job? Like, mm-hmm. bronzer from Becca is $150 in some cases. What are y'all doing? Um, 
But yes, I, I cannot wait. And next week, I will probably have a bigger smile to tell you all how amazing it was. Sean is going to be one of my panelists. So. Yes, I'm excited. Oh, I'm about to act such a fool. Like, uh, I know my principal. <laughs> the old principal will be like, never again. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, but yes, everyone have an amazing week. And I will catch y'all later on Joy Has Questions. Bye. Bye. Peace, y'all. Yes.